Well, good day, Buckner Nation, and welcome to another installment of the Buckner Foster Care and Adoption podcast series, where we will dive into topics and issues related to foster care and adoption. My name is Gilbert Montes, and I'm your host for this edition. I serve as the director of the church relations team here at Buckner International, and today with our special guest, we're going to talk about foster care and adoption, specifically how it plays out internationally in one of the countries that Buckner has programs and ministries. We're excited to bring you this program today. If you've been following along with us, you've heard from a couple of pastors and how they started their foster care and adoption ministry at their church in Arlington, Texas. They gave us some great insight and tips on how a church can move forward with a ministry like that. And then we heard from CAFO's foster care expert a few weeks ago, Jason Johnson, and the outstanding advice he gave us from a foster, par- foster parent and former pastor's perspective. I hope you benefited greatly from listening to the advice from those guys shared with us. Today we turn the page and we're going to discuss foster care and adoption from an international perspective. As inter-country adoptions to the United States have fallen dramatically in recent years, children in other countries who might have been adopted by American families are now left in limbo. And that's why Buckner is ramping up what we call global permanency in the countries where we serve And we're beginning to see great results. We've already seen amazing results in countries like Peru and Guatemala. And quickly, Buckner is becoming the leader among U.S.-based agencies. In-country adoption provides permanency for children who might otherwise be left in institutions or, or even worse, be left to fend for themselves. Today, we're blessed to have with us Belinda Taka, who serves as the director of the Family Hope Centers in Nairobi, Kenya. She's part of our talented Buckner, Kenya staff. She just finished up her first year of master's work at Baylor University. And uh, Buckner, for those of you who might not know, has international programs and ministries in Mexico, Guatemala, the Dominican Republic, Honduras, Peru, Kenya, to go along with our programs and ministries here in the state of Texas. Now, some of us consider Texas a whole other country, but that's another podcast. Linda, thank you for being with us and sharing the exciting things going on in Kenya about foster care and adoption. The team there is breaking new ground, and we're glad you're here with us. You've been here in the U.S. now for about 10 months and in Dallas for a couple of weeks almost. Uh, But first, congratulations on finishing your first year at Baylor University. You're probably glad to have that behind you and I'm sure you're excited to get back to, to, to Kenya. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, sure. How was your, you your first year uh, of work at Baylor? It was rough, but then um, I think I got into the flow and busy, but then I managed. So <laughs> You're still here <laughs> and you're smiling that. with that beautiful smile you right. have. That's awesome. Right. Now, Belinda, in the, U, in the United States, foster care and adoption has, is, a, is something that's been around for a long time. It's something that uh, Americans are familiar with. And while people might not always respond to the cause, we know about it. But that's not the case in other countries. And in trying to introduce the idea, there are myths and misconceptions about foster care and adoption. Uh, tell us, when did the Buckner Kenya, uh, when did they, when you guys first begin to introduce foster care and adoption to the country and and explain to us just how difficult it was to introduce um, those ideas to the people of Kenya. Well, um, to begin with, foster care is 
not as popular in Kenya as it is here, just like uh, you said, you mentioned. Um, so Bakna being a ministry that is intended to bring families together and desires to have children brought up within families, introduced foster care because traditionally we only had the kinship care. That's what um, is more acceptable. Okay. And so foster care was not even known to begin with. And so when Bakna began its work in 2002, that is when we began to introduce little by little the concept of foster care, what foster care was. Okay. Um, yes, it was within the Children's Act, but then not many people knew about it. Mm -hmm. Even the agencies that served children within Kenya didn't know about foster care. We had orphanages, we had kinship care, but not foster care or adoption. And so Bakna has been working hard to educate the people of Kenya about what foster care is. Um, because again, adoption on the other hand was a no-no. Because unless we are related by blood, then you are not family. Mm -hmm. So that, that was not kind of a welcome thing. So along the way with foster care, in 2013, Bakna started to work really hard also to introduce the um, adoption mm -hmm. as an option for children being raised within families. And that had been tried earlier, but then there was resistance. But at least in 2013, we started seeing many people now begin to have interest towards what adoption was about. And so we've had um, several meetings with childcare agencies and even with the children's department, which is the ministry that uh, the government has mandated to take care of the children of Kenya, to inform them, to educate them about what foster care is and why it is the best option for children to be brought up within a family. And so that has been slow, but we thank God that in the recent past, we have um, kind of made great strides yeah. towards that and more and more children are now in forever families. That's awesome. And that's our pleasure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, you, you said something. You said uh, adoption is a, a no-no. Yeah. And, and to tell us why. Why was that? Why do the people of Kenya think that way? Culturally, you, we tend to inherit traits from our fathers or from our families. And so this child that is coming into our family from another family which we do not know. We don't know what traits they carry, what behaviors they have with them, or if they have anything that we, our culture might be against. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it wasn't readily accepted because we don't know, maybe they will grow up to be someone we never expected them to be. Mm -hmm. Maybe they might have uh, tendencies that go against our culture. And so, that was not an, an easy thing to bring them to kind of accept and understand. And also within the African family, it's a um, relation mostly by blood. Okay. That's why kinship care was more acceptable because if it's your grandmother, if it's your aunt, if it's your uncle, then that's acceptable because we are related by blood. Right. And the way the African or Kenyan villages are set, Mostly you'll find in one village they have like one 
ancestor. And so the whole village, I would say, is related. Okay. Because they all come from one ancestor. And so someone coming from outside that village is not welcome. Is always a stranger. No matter uh, the formal procedures you might go through, that's in terms of adoption, they will still be considered a stranger. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, you've kind of touched a little bit about uh, about some of the misconceptions and some of the ideas. Were there any other stigmas related to people's thinking about specifically about adoption that uh, that people thought of? Uh, let's say a couple wanted to adopt. Uh, what kind of stigmas were related to that? One, if uh, it's expected, if I got married today. One year down the line, everyone would be asking, why are you not pregnant? Where is the baby? <laughs> They'd wait that long? A yeah. Year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> it, it's almost automatic that when you get married, you should have a baby within the first year of marriage. Mm -hmm. And so that means infertility is something that, well, the society has stigmatized okay. so much. And so... Many women who were not able to have children of their own ended up trying to find alternative means to have children. Mm -hmm. If that meant um, going for prayers in the mountains or wherever, just to see if they would get an answer. But then what happens if that prayer is not answered? What is the other option? And so the, the culture kind of dictates that um, it has to be either by blood or nothing else, wow. or we are not family. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the stigma. The other stigma was that uh, children who were coming in were bringing in traits that would not maybe be acceptable within uh, the, the family or mm -hmm. the community. And so they were considered children who were bought. Oh, wow. Because of the fees that maybe someone has to pay for adoption, and mm -hmm. so it's um, it's not a child who belongs to that family, <clears throat> but a, a child who was bought. I see. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. That's interesting. Wow. So that's that's kind of the stigma. So it, it's not only the stigma on the family or the the family who is not able to have their own biological children, but also on the child. On the child. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it appears that you and and the Buckner. Kenya team have enjoyed great success. I, I hear that last year in Kenya, 78 children were placed with adoptive families. And Correct. so congratulations to yeah. you and your team. It, it appears that slowly you're beginning to overcome some of those stigmas that, right. that you described. Right. Um, has the team taken time to celebrate? And, and I'm wondering just in your work personal, how, how do you feel when you see finally a child being adopted by a family, a family uh, coming around a child and loving that child. It's an awesome thing, Gilbert. It's an awesome thing to see a child who has been maybe lying in an orphanage finally get into the hands of their forever family. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a joy. You can see it. And a worker, <clears throat> as a worker uh, who kind of just negotiates or kind of is a link between that orphanage mm -hmm. and this family that needs a child or that child and this family. When that union finally happens, it's such a joy. Mm -hmm. And it's the most fulfilling thing 
you can put aside everything else, but that kind of, it can fill your day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that is such a, a, a great accomplishment that we have made in the past year. And I should say that every year we have intentionally made it like we have to celebrate with the families. Yeah. So we bring together all the families with all the children, it can, it can be messy. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, everyone has a smile on their faces and that's what we are out for. Oh, indeed. So in the month of November, that's when uh, we do the adoption uh, celebration because it's the adoption month. So we bring all the families and they come from wide and far. Wow. Like all over Kenya. That's awesome. So we bring them all together in one place. We have food, One big party. We have drinks <laughs> and a place for children to play. And it is such a joy. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank great you. job. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm interested. How have you and your team used the gospel, God's adoption of us, to help explain adoption to the people of Kenya? That's, that's an interesting question because, again, the gospel sometimes can be um, the people who are looking for a child or that child who is looking for a forever family can ask God, why did you allow me in this? Mm -hmm. So how do we turn that around in such a way that they do not look at themselves as the underprivileged or those like receiving punishment from God, but rather God placed them in that situation for his own glory. Okay. And so when we come to them, we do not come in a judgmental way to say that, well, God did not give you a child because maybe they knew, uh, he knew that you would be able to take care of this because many people do not want to hear that. Okay. But we present to them the gospel in such a way that we who did not deserve God's love. God loved us even before we knew him. God accepted us before we even understood who he was. Mm -hmm. And of course, we can never fully understand him. And so bringing them, that kind of just lays the foundation. Okay. Because at the end of the day, we want to see children in loving families. And so we begin the gospel with love as the foundation. God loved us first. That's a great place to start. <laughs> yeah, God loved us first. Yeah. So the best way we can do it, and he says that the best way we can show that he is in us is to show his love to others. Mm. That the light that he has shown in our lives, can we share it, even if it's just a little, to the next person. The next person can be anyone. Can be a child on the street, mm -hmm. can be um, a beggar, can be anyone, literally. And so if that means this child, then it's... Then it's that child. It's yes. that child. Yeah. We bring in also uh, other aspects. Um, for example, we know that not everyone, again, can adopt. But Buckner as a ministry also supports those families who are not financially able, but they want a child to go through the process because, again, there is um, the, um, the procedures that sometimes require money. Mm -hmm. So Bakna stands with those families. And so what we tell these families is, at the end of the day, when God blesses you and gives you a heart to love, 
then we want to stand with you and make sure that that heart is filled with the love, with all the love that God wants you to share so that you are able to partake in that work that God created you to do. Because we have so many who really want to adopt, yes. but sometimes they say, well, uh, the process is too tedious. So we, we ensure that we have, well, they have lawyers to go through the formal processes. Okay. We ensure that they also have um, the right support in terms of um, other families who stand with them. And so the gospel that we preach to them every day is that all things work together for good. It's a great message. Yes. Yeah. Amen to that. No matter the situation, all things, not some things, but all things. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I read a quote from a Kenyan couple who, who have adopted already, and they, they said, adoption is divine. I love the word, that description. They said, I always say adoption is doing something for God. And when you do something for God, you always get a blessing. Uh, when you hear someone, something like that from someone who has adopted, uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? It's a challenge to me, and sometimes I tend to take things the other way around. Uh -huh. To me, adoption is not us doing something for God, but it's God doing something for us. Oh, wow. Okay. Because when uh, He created this child, and when He created the adoptive family, He knew that at some point, you will open your heart to bring this child in. But it's just a matter of time. Yeah. So it's not us doing something for God, but it's actually God making sure that the original plan happens. That's powerful. At the end, yes. yeah. Yes, very good. Right. Wow, okay. So anyone, um, how can anyone listening to this podcast help in this area? How, how do we pray? And um, if so, what specific prayers can we pray or... What are ways that we can help you and the rest of the Buckner team there related to this issue of foster care and adoption there in Kenya? The first and most important is for civil stability because again, if um, there's no stability within uh, the government, then that means that every other thing is shaken. And so we desire as much as possible to have a stable government so that we are able to we are able to just ensure that that continues. The 78 number that we hit last year, we want it to keep increasing. Yes, we do. We want more families from all over Kenya to come through Bakna mm -hmm. and help to support the children of Kenya. I would also ask for prayers for the children because I know they are coming from, from uh, hard places. Um, that God will... Just keep them in perfect peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because again, they may not understand the circumstances. They are just, they find themselves in the circumstances. They're, they're innocent. Yeah. Yes. They're innocent. And so um, that God will preserve them. Mm -hmm. And for the families, that God will continue to speak to their hearts about. Uh, adoption and remind them of the greatest adoption story yeah. we read of Moses we read of even us read of Jesus and, and Joseph that's all those are great examples of how God has used adoption and foster care 
through the ages to show his love to the world. Yes, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so civil stability for the children themselves, um, for the families to understand right. better. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to change the subject just a little and talk about the, import the importance of Buckner Shoes for Orphan Souls. Mm -hmm. And as you know, since 1999, Buckner has distributed more than 3 million pairs of shoes and socks to children in about 82 countries. Mm -hmm. What kind of impact do shoes make in Kenya? And what doors do they open for you in working for families there? One shoe, one smile, one family. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. Um, here we do not have, uh, in Kenya we do not have the CPS to ensure that uh, no, uh, you, you can pick a phone and, and call CPS and say, well, there's this child running along the road. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where they're coming from. We take that for granted here, don't we? <laughs> yeah. In the U.S. And so sometimes we have events and then kids from God knows whoever, mm -hmm. they just come. And so through that pair of shoes, we are able to open up a conversation with that child and just see, who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you here alone? And through that one pair of shoes, we have been able to connect to so many families that right now we work with. Yeah. Because why would any child be running just anywhere? without the company of their mother or their father or at least an adult. And so that kind of just sets the stage mm -hmm. for us to engage with the family. That pair of shoe kind of opens up a conversation towards what are the needs in this family. Right. Why is this, is this child here? Maybe they have never had a shoe in their entire lives. They have never uh, been in an, in an environment where they feel so loved. Well, and you might ask, what, what does a pair of shoes got to do with love? The shoes, I have seen the shoes being packed here, and I would say they are packed with love. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And I was telling uh, one of the um, staff here that one of the things that the kids do is they reach inside the shoe first mm -hmm. to take out the knot. Yes. And so that shows that they are expecting something. Mm -hmm. What's in there? <laughs> so I say what's in there is love yes, definitely. it's not just a nod to say God bless you mm -hmm. or we love you we are praying for you but it's love and then you see the child's face light up it lights smile. up right it lights up yeah yeah and you'd say well it's just a pair of shoes to them it's not just a pair of shoes right and some of these children um, it also helps to kind of increase or boost their self-esteem you might have a child in class who has never spoken. Mm -hmm. Why? Because maybe everyone in class has a pair of shoes. I don't have a shoe. And they don't. So I don't even belong here. But with a pair of shoes, they can raise their hand up and you see them come out of this dark place mm -hmm. and begin to grow into the place that God wants them to be. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. So let me invite you, if, if you and your church or organization would like to put on a shoe drive, I invite you to check out our buckner.org website and click on Shoes for Orphan Souls in the upper right-hand corner. 
All the information you need there is there and you can easily sign up to, to do a shoe drive. Buckner will send you a packet of information on how to put together a successful drive and children all over the world in Kenya uh, can enjoy these shoes. Oh, yeah. uh, they definitely, as you heard Belinda explain, make a difference in their lives. Many churches and organizations already do shoe drives and we're very, very grateful for them. We are grateful. Belinda, are there any other exciting things going on in Buckner, Kenya that you would like to share with our listeners? I know you're the director of Family Hope Center. I've been in, I haven't been in Kenya, but I've been in Family Hope Centers, and I know there's always a, just a whirlwind of activity and good things happening. Anything yeah. else that you want to share with us? Well, uh, I would say the Family Hope Center is indeed um, a tool that God is using to turn uh, not only the lives of the children that we have been serving, but also the families. So what really happens within uh, the Family Hope Center in Nairobi is that there is training which centers on empowering families. So initially what used to happen was we would um, support maybe one child or two children in a family. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a family of seven children, that means five are disadvantaged. Yes. Only two were picked by Buckner. So that initially would cause some kind of even a rift within the family, within the children. But right now we are focusing on the family so that when the family is empowered, we take them through uh, uh, spiritual empowerment. There's emotional bit. Uh, there is the financial bit where we go deeper into um, finances, things, simple things that you might say, well, Opening a bank account, that's, that's a simple thing. Right. But if someone is not informed, if there's no knowledge, or if there's no one to offer you that knowledge, then you remain in darkness. And so opening bank account, budgeting, and all those, we ensure that we train them. We also uh, focus on um, building business plans because most of them are business, have business ideas. Right. Some of them uh, want to do agriculture. And so that we do on the farm because when uh, you come to the Nairobi Family Hope Center, we have different uh, projects all pouring into one. So we have a school, we have a clinic, we have a farm, a technical training school, an orphanage, and then a water point. And so we all use this to empower these families. Right. Those who desire to acquire uh, computer skills can learn that at the training, uh, technical training school. Mm. Those who want to um, learn agriculture, we, we have a demonstration farm where we teach them uh, modern uh, techniques in agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, those who want to learn even housekeeping we also bring them to a point after they go through their training where they also have volunteer hours to also teach them to give back to the community. And this is something that has not been happening uh, within um, many agencies, even within Bakna in the past. Right. But the shift towards family hope centers has seen people desiring to give back to the community because what we've seen most agencies do is just give and give and give. Right. It's more like throwing money at problems. But then at the end of the day, 
people become lazy and people become impoverished because independent and they programs. become dependent right but through empowering people we are trying to break that cycle of dependency so that people can uh, have options if I want to eat beans with my family today I have the money in my pocket because I made the money off of my business right. so I not have to depend on Bakna or some agency to give me the money to make that purchase and I think that restores human dignity yes. because when you can decide what your family feeds on, that says a lot. Right. Yes. When you can decide where your family lives, that says a lot. Yes. And so that is the kind of shift I've seen take place with the Family Hope Center that more and more people are coming to a point whereby they can make decisions for their own lives and for their own children. Yeah. And that's a huge blessing. That is. That yeah. is. That's, that's great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for the work you do there. Thank you for you and your team, the Buckner Kenya team. And mm -hmm. thank you for sharing with us today. And indeed, we, we will continue to pray for more families, more adoptive parents, mm -hmm. uh, the work that's being done in the Family Hope Center. I like to tell people that in Family Hope Centers, Buckner provides kind of an A to Z of family strengthening programs right. and ministries. Right. And so we will continue to pray for that as well as for uh, the spreading of the gospel to continue to be uh, done there in, in Kenya and, and with the staff there. So you're a blessing. You're a blessing to us. And thank you for, for sharing all that you've shared with us today. Thank so, you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to add that if you're thinking about a foster care ministry in your church at Buckner, we're here to help. And we'd love to come alongside you as you seek to help support foster families in your congregation and the children in their care. And here are just a few ways you can help. We can connect you with some of the outstanding Buckner foster care team members who are especially trained to help in providing training for parents. We start with an information meeting to help answer questions and provide the basic information of what it means to be a foster care parent. One of the things we encourage churches to do is to create this wraparound support system that Belinda was talking about uh, for foster and adoptive parents. Remember, you might not be called to foster or adopt, but everyone in a church can do something. Also, if you and your church or organization, maybe your small group or Sunday school class would like to visit Kenya with Buckner, you can certainly do that on a mission trip. Again, our website, buckner.org, click missions under the Get Involved tab and you'll find all the information you need to do a mission trip to Kenya or one of the other countries that I mentioned. Those are always great experiences. And Belinda, maybe I'll get a chance to go out to Kenya and visit you and the team oh, as well. Oh, you're welcome. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in today. And if you would like to learn more about starting a foster care ministry, visit us online at buckner.org backslash churches or feel free to contact me directly at G. Montez, M-O-N-T-E-Z, at buckner.org. If you'd like to learn more about foster care and adoption, or if you'd like to learn more about fostering or adopting through Buckner, visit buckner.org backslash foster care to request more information. Thanks for listening, everyone, and God bless.